0: Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast
1: from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let us pray. Lord God, you give us choices. Help us choose to call on your name, to sing your praises, and to make your deeds known to all people. Above all. Help us to call upon the justice you have declared. Amen. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Psalms 105, verses 1 through 5. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make his deeds known to all people. Sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord. Dwell on all his wondrous works. Give praise to God's holy name. Let the hearts rejoice of all who are seeking the Lord. Pursue the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, all his marvelous works, and the justice he declared. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: October five-part preaching series focuses on these five cliff notes to understanding the Reformation principles that we call the solas. Three you have heard about, scripture alone, faith alone, and today Christ alone. Two are still to come, glory to God alone and grace alone, but today solus Christus, Christ alone. The reading is from Ephesians 4 uh, verses 15 to 24. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. By speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head. The whole body grows from him, and it is joined and held together by all the supporting ligaments. The body makes itself grow in that it builds itself up with love, as each does its part. So I'm telling you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. You shouldn't live your life like the Gentiles anymore. They base their lives on pointless thinking, and they are in the dark in their reasoning. They are disconnected from God's life because of their ignorance and their closed hearts. They are people who lack all sense of right and wrong, who have turned themselves over to doing whatever feels good, and to practicing every sort of corruption along with greed. But you didn't learn that sort of thing from Christ. Since you really listened to him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with the new person, created according to God's image and justice and true holiness. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Nobody expected him to leave the faith to discard not only his rich theological and vocational inheritance, but also his lifeblood. But leave it, he did. The scion of the world-famous evangelical preacher Tony Campolo, Bart Campolo, Tony's son, stopped believing. Bart was a magnet for young Christians, the envy of young preachers, a hip mover and shaker and defender of the faith, but also a hidden skeptic. And then a 2011 bike crash left his body broken and his faith crumpled on the side of the road. And when he awoke, he came out from hiding to embrace atheism and find his next calling as the first humanist chaplain at the University of California. Why? We all asked. Faith is too hard for some. It is too exclusive for others. Mary Daly was the first woman ever to preach at the Harvard Memorial Chapel in its 379-year history back in 1974. A scholar at Boston College, Mary pioneered radical feminist theology and with a clear voice and compelling words always making her case that our religion is hopelessly patriarchal always working for reform and an equal place for women in Catholicism. There, in Harvard's pulpit, Mary went rogue, using that moment to take her exodus from faith. She invited others to give up on a sexist religion and join her in walking out of the church that day. More than a few people did. Why, we all ask. Faith is too hard for some. It is too exclusive for others. In 1993, Princeton Seminary sent me to live in India, spending some time at a Christian seminary there to learn how various religions coexist peacefully in that complex country. With religious gurus, poobahs, priests, monks, and students, we discussed how to live and worship alongside others with mutual respect and tolerance. I encountered women and men of such faith and integrity, joyfully devout, in a way I found lacking in my own religion. The coherence between their beliefs and their behaviors, as Hindis, Muslims, Jains, Buddhists, Jews, and Zoroastrians, was beyond what I had experienced in my own faith communities. Threads of goodness and truth clearly were woven through all these religions. Nobody comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. I believed what I had been taught growing up. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not right with God. I arrived at seminary intended to defend the exclusiveness of Christ because I thought Christianity required it. But this journey shattered that intention. As my plane departed Delhi, I could no longer wholly believe the church was the only vehicle by which one finds eternal salvation. Was Jesus? I needed to know what Jesus meant in his words, by me. Was he the only way? Perhaps faith is too hard for me. Perhaps it is too exclusive for me. If the Reformation has taught us anything, it is that faith is hard. Sometimes the particular faith the church practices is hard in a way that is neither true to what the Holy Spirit is doing among us today, nor true to the testimony of Scripture to us, and we are called to reform it based on biblical teachings and guided by the Holy Spirit. Thus we find ourselves 500 years after Martin Luther wrote down 95 theses about what was just too hard. Luther, Calvin's Wingley, Knox, they said, this is too hard, this is too exclusive, for the Bible tells me so. People who came to read Scripture in their own language soon knew that the Catholic Church could not, in the process of translating it for us, also translate and interpret it, for the benefit of its own power and wealth, before the salvation of its members. We reformed Protestants have never stopped reforming the church or our understanding of doctrine and practice, a task sometimes uneasy and messy. So it is natural that many Protestants also feel able to reform our personal faith when it's helpful to us. Thus, I am still here, 24 years after returning from India, after leading my own personal faith reform, one that frankly continues to this day. What I know and believe is a work in progress, an exciting journey of faith-seeking understanding, a hard-fought slog at times through a miry bog of scripture, sometimes in direct contrast with our current spiritual and cultural needs. Aren't you the same? We've all read Paul's words addressed to a particular church in time that women should not speak in church. A New Yorker cartoon finds a clergyman standing at a crossroads where he is clearly struggling with which signpost to follow. One has an arrow and it points to heaven, and the other has an arrow that points to discussion about heaven. (laughs) He is clearly anguished about which one to choose. I have felt that anguish at times, believing God has called me again and again to dialogue and listening, not to certainty. I'm confident of this, and I'm happy to engage that with you. Like Luther, my faith reform keeps me in the church, in the ministry, and in the scriptures, despite the many questions and doubts that I harbor. Sometimes I wonder why God calls and continually calls me to this ministry. Maybe maybe because I accept that it is hard and yet life-giving and life-sustaining too. Ever-reforming, I am open to the divine spirit, revealing, even today, a more clearer, truer understanding of God's intent for this world and deepest desires for the church. And when I come up against something that is difficult for me to embrace, I pray to God, and I aspire to believe it, even if I don't like it. God's world is full of faiths, but I was born and baptized and raised in this one. So were you, or something led you here searching for truth and hope and love. Most of us adults have chosen to put our chips here on Christianity because with our free will, we get to choose. And we name this our best bet, and in its best form, it is the one that is most life-giving, the one that we can believe most of the time, and betters our whole world to the glory of God, our creator. We do our best with it, even when we can't grasp it entirely. We aren't afraid to ask questions, though we are better at articulating what we do not believe about Jesus, intellectually, than saying what we do believe about him personally. Christianity is hard. It can feel so exclusive. If you are here today, never having encountered the difficulties of believing, if you lead lead a peaceful, doubt-free existence, you are unique. But if you've been on your own spiritual reformation, you've spent your life deciding what you think you really know and what you really don't know, prayerfully encountering what is challenging, we consider these beliefs while we try to live faithfully. Sola Christus, Christ alone, teaches that salvation comes to us only through Jesus' act on the cross to save us and our conversion to that belief that he is the only savior. This is in contrast with the Roman Catholic tradition, which would suggest that more than belief, Christ's people are also obligated to a set of works or a set of rituals in addition. Protestants believe that the church is unable to save us but neither are our works or anything else we might look to. We are not saved because of our SAT scores, our PhDs, our job as a CEO, our happy marriage, our children's successes, our philanthropic giving, our tireless caregiving, our killer tailgates, our late cottage, our Kate Spade bag, or our second turn to serve on session. You're disappointed, I know, those of you coming back on session. We are saved neither by the things that make us feel okay in our own skin, nor the things we falsely worship. Instead, our works and our rituals are to be a response to understanding the incredible grace of God that loves us and accepts us as we are. We are not obligated. Knowing that, we respond with lives open to being transformed in God's image. Moreover, the church and the church's leaders cannot mediate our salvation refuting the Catholic understanding that priests serve as intercessors between church members and God. Scripture says only Christ can intercede on our behalf before God. Jesus alone offers access to God, not any human. That was news that led the Reformation to spread wildly across the globe because people were freed to leave a Catholic church they falsely believed could provide it. That's phenomenally good news now, as it was then, Sola Christus. Sola, then, is good news, but it can also be bad news. We read Christ alone to mean that if we don't know Christ and accept him as our Lord and Savior, then we are not saved. But what does it mean to know and accept him? Who knows whether we have attained enough knowledge and faith to pass his muster? Where is the measuring mark that we are aiming to attain? John Calvin tried to dissuade us from anxiety in his writings by saying, We look to Christ alone for divine favor and fatherly love. Christ is called our peace because he quiets all agitations of conscience. If we ask the means, we must come to the sacrifice by which God has been appeased. We must seek peace for ourselves solely in the anguish of Christ our Redeemer. John Calvin can't fix us overachievers. So we try to shore up his acceptance of us by doing good works and falling back into old patterns that the Reformation called us to put down. We struggle at times with whether putting our faith into action to serve others is genuinely a response to what God has given, or whether we are actually trying to make our service a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord. Sola Christus can only be proclaimed in partnership with sola gratias, grace alone. Christ alone who can bring us back into the heart of God, accepted as we are only by God's grace, not by our works. And aren't right beliefs another form of good works? To make ourselves believe is a kind of good work, something we do Martin Luther said, the gospel tells me not what I must do, but what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has done for me. It's not about us. We don't have to believe perfectly in order to be covered with Christ's love. It's about God and what God chooses to do. Sola gratias. But how far does sola gratias go? For there is that one other piece of bad news that sola Christus reveals that the world full of good people who haven't heard of Christ or who have rejected him not as rabbi but as Lord have a big problem. Sola Christus at face value means that those people would not have salvation. Those of us who marry Muslims, work with Wiccans, drink beer with Buddhists, go to Taoist doctors or Hindu hairdressers, those with children of no faith, or grandchildren who create a personal religion of the beliefs that they find palatable, we have surely considered if we will or will not all end up together. Leave it to the fearless Peter Gump, who preached twice from this pulpit before his death to tackle this. He writes, Can serious Christians seriously believe that they are the only ones upon whom God has placed his blessings? If we take the Bible seriously, how do we explain that the notion of a chosen people is not one that expands rather than contracts? If Jesus Christ is at the center of the Bible, the one in whom all that we know about God is found, how do we reconcile Jesus' expansive and inclusive behavior in the Bible with what has so often been the constricted and exclusive practice of the Church? In the final judgment, we will be held to account, not on the basis of what we know or what we believe. Jesus has little interest in doctrinal sophistication we will be held accountable for what we did. We do not read scriptures as those in the 16th century. The Spirit allows us to approach the gospel beyond the limits of text and time. The church must also always be a listening community, for when it fails to listen, it turns the risk of substituting its own convictions for what God intends through the Spirit." Friends, encounter these five solas as you encounter scripture. Honor, learn, question. Our calling is to come to faith open to what the Spirit is still revealing to us, wrestling with it, being present to it, and then bearing witness to it. William Sloan Coffin said, Jesus subverted the conventional religious wisdom of his time. We have to do the same. The answer to bad bad evangelism is not no evangelism, but good evangelism. Good evangelism is not proselytizing, but witnessing. Bearing witness to the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And bearing witness to the prophetic insight that we all belong to one another, everyone from the Pope to the loneliest wino on the planet. So what are we to do with this? Sola Christus. we listen to Paul. For we have the truth, he says in Ephesians. We are to live together in community, growing into Christ who is the head. All people of faith and of no faith are to work together, holding our own goal in our heart to give our God our glory. We are to be people of grace who are comfortable with unanswered questions, living together faithfully here and leaving the eternal decisions to him. Paul offers an expansive vision for Christian community. Let us embrace that as we honor, learn, and question. Sola Christus. We must not be alienated from one another because of our faith differences. That is not the way we learned in Christ. We were taught the truth in Jesus, and now we must live as new people. The truth changes us and sets us free. Our belief and practice must be in sync. For God so loved the world, it says. Salvation comes to us through Christ alone who gives it by his grace alone. Faith at times is too hard. Faith at times is too exclusive, but we must stick with it. Wrestling with what we learn and experience staying in the community of faith not walking out on faith not discarding it by the side of the road but trusting and praying that the christ we know will reform us one and all into his likeness and image now and well into eternity in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen and now we come to an ancient reformation creed i invite you to stand and say what we believe using words from the Second Helvetic Confession and the Affirmation of Faith. And so we say, the risen Christ is the Savior for all. Those joined to him by faith are set right with God and commissioned to serve as his reconciling community. Christ is head of this community, the church, which began with the apostles and continues through all generations. God alone is to be invoked through the mediation of Christ alone. In all crises and trials of our life, we call upon him alone, and that by the mediation of our only mediator and intercessor, Jesus Christ. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information,